0: This is Due South on WUNC. I'm Jeff Tabiri. Tomorrow, there are hundreds of elections across the state, more than 550 races for mayor, city council, boards of aldermen, and even water and sewer commission. Ballots will be cast in 88 of North Carolina's 100 counties, even if turnout is almost certain to be abysmal. Now, quick reminder, in North Carolina, Mayors are largely symbolic. They don't hold the power similar to mayors in New York, Chicago, or, say, Los Angeles. In our system, much of the authority rests with city managers who can be hired and fired by city councils. City managers are not elected positions, yet these are still important municipal elections. And here to help us understand why are Christina Wilson, Assistant Professor of Public Law and Government at the University of North Carolina School of Government, and her colleague at the School of Government, teaching assistant professor Krista Kukuro. And I had to start by asking Krista the obvious first question, whether or not she's a fan of the NBC sitcom Parks and Recreation.
1: I'm a big old nerd, and I love community building. I am a fan of Parks and Rec. I do think it's a requirement, honestly, of the job. Um, and my favorite character is Leslie Knope. Okay, brainstorm. How do we make this park happen? Let's go to the city council directly and ask them to put up the money. No, parks are not a priority. I need more firepower. I need bigger guns. You know what I need to do? Form a committee, right? Yeah, that could work. Yeah, because committees are power and committees make things happen. Committees are the lifeblood of our democratic system. That's really good. Write that
0: down. Leslie Nope, the lead character on Parks and Rec, as it's colloquially known, makes several efforts to improve her community. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. On our segment today on Due South, we're going to delve deep into what happens in real-life local government here in North Carolina and where power does and does not lie. Here's Christina Wilson, the UNC School of Government Assistant Professor.
2: In thinking about the powers that municipal governments have, it might be a good idea to zoom out and think about the structure generally in, okay. our, in our nation. So as you know from being in state government or reporting on state government, States have certain inherent powers just by virtue of the fact that they're states, the power of Mm self-governance. Local governments are not like that. So we can think of local government power as sort of an empty bucket. It has only those powers that the legislature places within it. So local governments can't empower themselves to do anything. Everything that they do comes from specific statutory grants from the General Assembly.
0: And is this where the term home rule comes from?
2: Yes. So home rule, you might hear two terms like that. You hear home rule and you also hear Dillon's rule. Um, And the idea is sort of that states or jurisdictions fall into one or the other. But North Carolina is a bit unique. You can't put us in a box. Shocking. Um, (laughs) Never heard this before with
0: North Carolina politics, please.
2: Right. So at the school of government, we would categorize North Carolina as a North Carolina rule state. Imagine that. So the idea there is that we have, both counties and cities, Mm -hmm. have statutes that say grants of power should be interpreted broadly. That makes it sound like a home rule state, but our courts have said only interpret ambiguous statutes broadly. Okay. If grants of power are straightforward, if they're explicit, we have to apply and interpret those narrowly.
0: So, as we think about some of the powers that have been bestowed or granted to localities from the North Carolina General Assembly, my mind goes to zoning, my mind goes to education to a degree, I mean, paying teachers these local supplements, but take that and run with it if you would. What, what else um, are municipalities really focused on and are, are they doing most importantly here in 2023? <laughs> <It's a laughs> Loaded question. question. It most is a big question.
1: Um, I I think the great thing about the the sort of delegation of authority to local government is what's most important in every community looks different. But one that comes to mind for me, especially with work that I've done uh, with governments where I've practiced, is community development. So there's a statute in North Carolina that gives local governments the ability to engage in community development activities. So that's supporting individuals of low to moderate income and the assistance can look in a variety of different ways. It can be giving grants or loans for the development of affordable housing. Mm -hmm. Could be um, helping individual homeowners with rehabilitation of their properties. And obviously there's supplements from the federal government through housing and urban development uh, that come along with that. But that statute gives local governments uh, a really broad range of authority, in my opinion, to engage in those community development activities.
0: Christina, would you offer another one or two?
2: Sure, absolutely. So both cities and counties are empowered to offer a lot of the everyday services that we as ordinary citizens might encounter. So things like water, sewer, um, they operate public utilities. Law enforcement can be provided by city and county. Um, So sort of those everyday services that we've come to expect, trash, recycling, those can be things that are operated by local governments.
0: Christina Wilson is here in studio. Here as well is Krista Kukuro, and they are both with the UNC School of Government. We are discussing municipalities, municipal governments here in North Carolina. And oh, yes, by the way, there is an election tomorrow. Uh, I, I think I noted off the top there are almost 600 some odd races. Uh, are there any that jump out to you as being particularly interesting or is there a long time leader here that's retiring or do we I, I don't know. Just does, does anything speak to you? Our, our biggest city in our state has some um, some action on the ballot. There's a whole lot out there. Does Does any of it rise to the top?
2: Well, I can think of a general trend that I've just learned from my work anecdotally. So mm-hmm. I, I can't speak to whether this is factually completely accurate. But when speaking with folks in the field, it seems like even in the smaller municipalities, more people are running. So there's a lot more folks on the ballot than even smaller towns have seen before, and it's not really clear why that's happening at this point. But there's more public interest in holding office, and certainly that's giving voters more options.
0: Let's focus on city governments. Uh, I guess municipal governments. There are two, I think, main pots or important pots. There's city councils and there's county commissioners. Uh, tell me what each. Uh, tell me about the delineation of power between city uh, councils and county commissioners.
2: Absolutely. So. You might think that there could be a conflict between those two at times. Often, Always cities are within counties, right? Um, but our county statutes here in North Carolina put a jurisdictional limit on how counties can act in cities. So when it comes to locally legislating, making ordinances, mm-hmm. county ordinances apply only in places, only in parts of the county that are not also in a city. And city ordinances apply within city limits That keeps us from running into situations where a city has one ordinance and a county has a conflicting one. So county power lies within the county in those places that aren't also within cities. And city power lies within the city limits.
0: And we're talking about anything from tree trimming to parking spaces to speed limits?
2: All of the above, yes. Yes.
0: And this is where we get into also, I think, a delineation of public safety if we're talking about the – the, I, I live in Wake County. Mm-hmm. Either the Wake County Sheriff or the Raleigh Police Department, right?
2: Exactly. Okay.
0: Right. If you were to go to a cocktail party – the, the first example that comes to mind. <laughs> but if you're going to go to a cocktail party this weekend uh, and you meet somebody, just a friend of a friend, and they want to learn a little bit more about municipal governments and the elections that are taking place – Presently, in this moment, North Carolina, where are you going to first? Like, what are you going to tell just a layperson in North Carolina who probably doesn't have a lot of knowledge
1: mm-hmm. about the election specifically, or about local government? Either or. Okay. Well, when I think of folks wanting to get informed about a specific election, I think the best place to start is the Board of Elections website for that county. Mm-hmm. It tends to have information about, you know, a sample ballot, um, the information you need to know about voting. You can look up your precinct, all all of those things. So if you're interested in a specific election, I think that's the place to go. If you want to know more about local government, I think a good place to start, again, if you're interested in a specific local government, is going to the town or village or city's website. There's a lot of information there. And, you know, depending on how they have their website structured, you know, sometimes it's easy to navigate. Sometimes there's not as much to navigate, period. But you can find information about the departments, who the town manager may be, who serves on the governing board, who sits on that city council. If you have a question, who you need to call. And then if you want to know about local government generally, um, the School of Government actually, its mission is to improve the lives of North Carolinians. It is a resource. Yes. And we have lots of information um, on our website about how local government functions. We have a blog It's called Coates Cannons, and it gets into the nitty gritty of, I think, anything that you would <laughs> want to know about cities and counties, um, those sewer districts, and, uh-huh. you know, all, all the types of, of governments in North Carolina.
0: Okay. Uh, here on Do South, chatting about municipal governments, and I'm wondering if you can just give us a nice, brief, little uh, statement package of, like, this is why local governments are important. And I don't mean to sound patronizing to the listener, but we'll get to voter turnout in a second. It's really bad. Um, Why, as a reminder, are local governments so important?
1: So I I know we talked earlier about some of the limitations that local governments have in North Carolina based on our statutes and what the General Assembly has set out. But there's still a lot that local government Can do, and I think, like Christina was talking about earlier, some of that is kind of the the things that maybe we don't even see, right? Like waste collection, we bring our carts out, um, you know, every Wednesday or whatever the the case is. But there's a lot that local government does, and there's a lot more that it may be able to do, and you know, by participating in elections, you're able to sort of get folks into office who can really guide your community in the direction that you want it to go. And like I said earlier, that's going to look different for every community, what the priorities are. But getting people in place um, who can assist with those priorities, I think, is
0: key. Christina, I'm hoping you can help me build out what is surely an incomplete list. I'm thinking about libraries. I'm thinking about parks. What are some other important examples um, of where uh, municipal governments are, are putting their work and their efforts and their resources.
2: Absolutely. So we can think about fire safety. Um, law enforcement could also be an option. Um, we talked about waste collection, water, sewer. And then cities have general legislation power. So they're empowered by statute to make ordinances for the health, safety, and welfare of their citizens. Health, safety, and welfare covers a huge amount of the things that impact us every right. single day. Right. And those what falls under that power, health safety and welfare is often informed by what residents think is a safety issue, what residents think is a health issue right and so um, our locally elected leaders are the ones that are most closely responding to those concerns
0: The opioid epidemic comes to mind here because that's uh, an issue that has uh, no one has figured out unfortunately but local governments have been front and center or, or on the front lines of, of that issue are there other health uh, related examples that come to mind for either of you? Or environmental?
1: Sure. Well, I think, I mean, if we just think back a few years to the response to COVID-19, right, um, and how local governments really, truly were on the front lines of of kind of handling that. But I I think sort of health is an area where cities and counties tend to overlap. Um, You know, there's a lot of health services that counties are responsible for. But again, there are, areas where there's room for partnership, um, where the city and the county can combine their resources and really, I think, take on more effective uh, roles in whatever that health concern is in a given community.
0: Krista Kukuro and Christina Wilson are here helping us to better understand municipal governments, the lay of the land, and uh, I want to spend some time on turnout. Blah. (laughs) Not good in 2021, 2019, 2017, turnout across the state has been between 16 and 17%. That's really bad. Right? Like <laughs> certainly that, you'd want to see
2: it higher. Yeah. That,
0: that that's really bad. And I'm going to look for y'all to Point fingers here if you're comfortable doing it, and I'm going to encourage you to point it to us in the news media. If this is, you know, national politics is it's it's really it's captivating. I mean, you, you can't get enough of it. Municipal governments and state government is is really important. Like I, I spent eight years in the the basement of the state legislature, and mm-hmm. I, I still believe, I truly believe, that your state government has as much, if not more, impact over your life than the federal government. But yet, sixteen between sixteen and seventeen percent of people are voting for these municipal elections. Mm-hmm. I you can take it in a positive direction. Who 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 bears responsibility if anybody does for for these low numbers and maybe more importantly what can we do about it?
1: I mean, when I think of voter turnout in municipal elections, I I think back to sort of what I was remarking on earlier which is when government is working well, it it's almost invisible, right? Yeah. And I think people turn out in times of of sort of turmoil, you know, when they feel like they ha- There is something mm. wrong and they need to show up and there needs to be a change in leadership. Otherwise, I think people are pretty pretty happy, right, with the way things are going. And, and so I think that that might be part of it.
0: Almost 600 elections across the state tomorrow. How do you quantify or qualify the importance of municipal elections relative to federal elections? We're going to have an election in in a year. Many more people are going to vote. But uh, talk to me about the importance of these Elections as it relates to those?
2: Absolutely. So I would say municipal elections are just as important, if not even more important, dare I say it, than federal elections. Um, when we're talking about our day to day lives, um, the things that happen in your community are often decided on the local level. The things that you're experiencing, the services you're, you're receiving, those are governed by your local governments. Um, and if you want to say in those, You have to vote in your municipal elections.
0: I wanted to uh, play almost like an impromptu quiz here. Uh, You have no (laughs) idea this is coming. And this is a way that I wanted to selfishly, personally kind of underscore the voter turnout that is anything but amazing from my perspective. So I'm going to give you a setup and you're going to give me a guess as to what election I'm talking about. I'll be really impressed uh, if, if you have any idea what I'm talking about. It'll okay. maybe all make sense in about – more sense in 60, 90 seconds or so. So in 2017, there was a primary, uh, a municipal primary in our state. There was an incumbent mayor and there was a challenger. And the challenger beat the incumbent mayor by um, 3,400 votes. So the challenger wins with 15,805 votes and the incumbent mayor of this municipality received uh, 12,412 votes, meaning that the incumbent is not going to move on to the general and the incumbent mayor has thus been ousted. And in this primary, six and a half years ago, there were a total of 34,262 votes cast. Any guess on what municipality I'm mentioning And who the candidates were, or these these people in question?
2: I have no idea. Certainly not of the candidates.
1: Um, Yeah, so I'm thinking of, okay, in what jurisdiction may there have been 34,000 people that showed up to vote if we know that the statistics are approximately 17% Mm
2: -hmm. of
1: people show up to vote?
2: I cannot do that math if you had a gun
1: at my hand. I'm going to guess Raleigh.
0: Proportionally, it's a good guess. Mm -hmm. It's not Raleigh. It's the only city in our state that's bigger than Raleigh. Uh, It's Charlotte. Charlotte. Okay. And in Charlotte in 2017, there was an incumbent mayor by the name of Jennifer Roberts. And in a Democratic primary, she was bettered, bested by Vi Lyles, who is the mayor of Charlotte today. This is the largest city in our state. This is a city that is one of the 25 biggest in the country. Uh, There are close to a million people in Mecklenburg County. There aren't quite that many in Charlotte. And there were 34,000 people that voted in a primary for the mayor. I just, I thought that was an an interesting, if not illustrative way to kind of underscore your your vote almost matters more in these municipal elections if you do go ahead and cast it, right?
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Uh, If you don't mind me asking, have you all voted? Do you vote early? Do you vote on election day? Is it a point of pride in the office, not who you vote for, how you vote, but that you you do vote in these municipal elections?
1: Yes, I vote in every election I get the chance to vote in. Um, And... Uh, it's just a matter of logistics as to whether it's early voting or day of. Most recently, it was day of um, juggling the baby. Uh, husband went and voted. I watched the baby. He came back. I went and voted. He watched the baby.
0: Was there a thought about bringing the baby with you to the polls?
1: Yes, there was. There was a thought about that. That's not what we did. That's <laughs>
0: n- n- <laughs> Zero judgment. My wife took our son in 2018 when he was seven months old. But that's a that's a good age, I think, to, to do it.
1: Yeah. yeah, ours is toddling around. Hard to keep him contained. Good luck.
0: <laughs> good luck. Did you vote? Are you voting?
1: I will absolutely
2: vote, yes. And I'm normally an election day voter just because I like the whole mm-hmm.
0: atmosphere. Mm-hmm. It feels more ceremonial, and there's just— my word, juju. There's just more <laughs> in good juju. Like yes. early voting sometimes is a total buzzkill.
2: Right. It doesn't have the same pizzazz. Right.
0: Right. Christina Wilson and Krista Kukuro are from the UNC School of Government, and they have been your guests here on Do South, helping us to better understand the power of municipal governments as well as uh, sizing up those elections that take place this week across our state. Thanks for joining us.
2: Our pleasure. Thank you Thank so much. You so
0: much. Still more Due South to come on this Monday. Carolina men's basketball coach Hubert Davis talks about the upcoming season, which begins for the Tar Heels tonight at home against the Radford Highlanders. I'm Jeff Tabiri, and this is Due South on WUNC.